This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Hello, folks, and welcome back to another edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast on this wet and dreary day in Southeast England. Uh, I'm your host, uh, John Woods Jr., joined today by my two co hosts, one just up the coast from me, Dan King. How's it going, buddy? With that How really, really was... bright uh, I figured it was cap it was time to bring out the bright cap. We've we've had enough of me not wearing it, and I think we need it now. I think we do, mate. That's woken <laughs> me up, I'll tell you right now. So, uh, yeah, we've... Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a rough old uh, weekend for the charge. We'll get that into a moment. Across the water in Texas. How's it going? Audible Chocolate, a.k.a. Adroit Airs. How's it going, John? Oh, just over here trying to keep everything together, trying not to lose it. I know, I know. So, the regular listeners on this podcast will know that we are a very, very uh, staunch set of guys on the glass half full mentality. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, it really does feel like the season's over. And this is crazy after five games, obviously week six of uh, NFL football. The Chargers lose another close game. Now, I don't know what's worse. The fact that I got up at, I kind of missed the kickoff, got up sort of half time and uh, watched the game early Monday morning. The fact that we lost another game, probably the fact that we lost um, in the way that we did to the Dallas Cowboys, who, in my opinion, and this is not sour grapes, they are not a good football team. They show flashes. They've got some capable dudes. Um, but, you know, they are not a team, in my opinion, that's going to light up the league going down the uh, stretch and, and threaten the likes of Philadelphia and um, San Francisco. But we shall see. Back to the Chargers. Tough, tough loss. Justin Herbert throws um, an interception inside the uh, on a two-minute drive. I think it was a uh, is it a third and ten, John, if I remember rightly. Dallas hadn't uh, uh, registered a sack all game. Then Michael Michael Parsons came up with the sack on the, on the first play. Um, you know, it looks like the Chargers' defense had bailed us out. We were tied at seventeen. Dallas get the field goal. I mean, it was a great stop by the by the Chargers' D. Justin Herbert gets the football, and it all implodes. I think the first thing, John, really is. The, as I wrote yesterday on the bots.com, you know, the fort committee is out in the hallway of the uh, Chargers HQ. You know, the there's there's a whole raft of people now questioning Joey Bosa, but there's there's people now starting to say that Herbert's not clutch. I mean, what's your take on the game? There's, there's a lot going on in that question set. I mean, I don't know about this whole Herbert not being clutch thing. I, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, you've got dueling stats. Um, he's had the most opportunities in one score games late. Um, you know, people like to throw around the stat that he's got the most fourth quarter uh, interceptions of any player in the league, but he's also had the most pass, some of the most passes in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so you have people arguing that if you look at the percentage of interceptions to passes thrown in the fourth quarter, he's actually not. Someone like Tua has more. Um, so there's a volume thing there. 
Um, you know, he's technically had, and again, the scat, stat can be skewed because it pulls in different data points, but he technically since 2020, when he entered the league, he's third, he's got the third most, uh, game winning drives, uh, by a QB, right. And some of those drives include drives where he, you know, drives it, you know, midway through the fourth and, you know, sucks up enough time and the defense sucks up enough time and gets a turnover at the end to keep them from scoring. So, I mean, that's not exactly a true, true stat for, you know, clutch performance, but it, when you take all the data together and look at it from all the different views, I don't think there's anything about him not being clutch uh, versus being clutch. I think it's a little bit of both. And if you look at some of these games, like, you know, there was one game where he threw a fourth quarter interception on a drive where they went to go tie it or win it. And it was a tipped ball interception. You know, there are games where the offensive line just collapses on those final drives or in overtime. And it's like, what do you expect him to do? I mean, he's literally running for his life. Yeah. Um, you know, that that interception at the end of the game, pressure was coming. He'd already been sacked. It's third and long. He's trying to make something happen and he forces it, right? Like, it's understandable quarterbacks do that, right? I mean, if you look at his overall stat line for the game, like it's not that bad. In fact, most of the quarterbacks who are considered elite uh, in this league had worse stat lines this week. It's just their teams were able to come up with the win, right? They were playing teams where they could score 12 points and still win, right? Beat the Broncos, beat the Jets or whoever, right? Like it's just, I don't know. I think it it is not a simple he can't make the throws or he can't do it when he, when it matters most. I don't think that's a simple thing to say. I also don't want to say, Oh, well, he's got the most game winning drives. Cause that's not simple. Either. I think he's a good, a very good quarterback. I think he can be trusted in the clutch. And I think like most quarterbacks, you win some, you lose some right now. That being said, he had a bad game, right? He is one of the big reasons they lost that game. He had a couple big throws, at least one, which was, probably a sure touchdown, maybe two that were probably sure touchdowns where he just straight up missed the throw. Right. Um, uh, there was a third one where I think he had QJ where I think he could have made a big play there, but that was not really a bad throw. That was his arm got hit when he threw it. So it didn't quite make it there. So, you know, but still th those are two plays where you get a touchdown. I think one of those was on a drive where you end up with the Keenan Allen touchdown at the end anyway. So it kind of doesn't matter, but still my point is he missed a lot of big throws. He made some poor throws. He was throwing, he was just not himself. Like you could see even the completions you had guys like Palmer and stuff kind of reaching up and jumping for balls or reaching back. Like he just wasn't his normal self. And I don't know if the hand was really bothering him. I don't know if he was just too amped up. I don't know what it was, but he just did not play an overall good game in my opinion. And he is a big reason that they lost that game. So, you know, it is what it is. Quarterbacks have down games. You know, I, I I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and panic about Justin Herbert uh, as our quarterback, I still could tell you that if you surveyed the league, at least 20 teams in the league, if not more, again, I, don't, I can't, I'd have to do a real counting list. At least 20 teams or more would easily say, yes, I would take him as my franchise quarterback and lock him in for the rest of the rest I think of I've life. got that. I think I've got that number actually at uh, 23 teams. I'm basically saying there's 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 eight teams out there. Obviously, you can't count the charge because we've already got him. There's eight teams out there that probably wouldn't need Justin Herbert right now. I think everyone else would. Interestingly, uh, I mean, obviously, as you know, my stance on Herbert is yes, we did. I agree with you, John. Um, he did cost us that game. Statistically, his worst game of the season was uh, in last week's victory over over the Raiders or the week four victory over the Raiders, where he had his lowest completion um, percentage of the season, fifty four point two percent. Um, 
Monday night was 59.5%. The thing is, when Herbert's, you know, we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes later on, he's thrown, who's thrown five interceptions. Mahomes has not thrown those interceptions on the last drive of the game. And it's clear to me, the charges over the Brandon Staley era and going back under Anthony Lynn, they're making these gaffes, if you like, in clutch moments. It's amplified. You know, quarterbacks are going to throw interceptions. That's the whole point of the secondary, to force those turnovers. But unfortunately for the Chargers, we're making these individual errors in key moments. The world's media is watching. You know, the entire football community is watching that play. And that's all they see. Had Herbert done that, let's argue that Herbert's done that um, on the one of the early uh, games on a Sunday on red zone. It might not have got much traction, as as it has obviously from from a prime time game. So that's disappointing. I mean, Dan, we haven't brought you into this yet. What's your uh, other than other than Herbert not having a good game at all? Uh, and let's be honest, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to talk about the offensive line in a moment. I've got all their stats, as you know. I love a good stat, just with the O line. What, what's your takeaways from from the game? So there's there's obviously a lot of negatives to take, and um, we, we've spoken about that at length. There were some highlights, which we we can't we can't neglect that um, Palmer showed up in the majority of the situations. I believe they called him a vacuum receiver. He was just catching everything. He had a couple of good catches that were then called back for penalties, which you know we we love the amount of penalties we were having. But I'm sure you'll come to that shortly. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I was I was disappointed in the I was disappointed in nearly every fourth down call. I think uh, we we've spoken at length before about Staley fourth and Staley fourth and Staley. Oh yeah, he goes for it all the time, and we get the analytics in the game saying, oh yeah, it's smart to go for it on fourth and third or le- fourth and three or less in this situation. But none of those analytics take into account the actual performance of the team and the current situation. The Chargers could not run the ball on that Cowboys defense. And we awful ran it, ran it, ran it, and went for it on fourth down, and we did not get it. What a surprise. I I just think we we're having these fourth and staley, fourth and like risky, but it's just it just feels like fourth and dumb a lot. And I uh, I almost want to see us be more conservative and just play sensible football. Um, I'm, I'm a big analytics guy, but like I don't know. There's there's some stuff that's just not sitting right with me. Um, you also touched on Telesco there. I, I just want to bring back. A, I did I did write a um, a nice piece on Telesco about two years ago. <laughs> Actually, I think it was longer than that. Anthony Lynn was the head coach. Because in that, I, say, longer. I believe Anthony Lynn's time with the Chargers is about to expire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but in that, um, Telesco had a losing record as a general manager. It's not improved. He's still below five hundred, just like the Chargers, below five hundred. I think we're one of four teams in the AFC below five hundred right now. So. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of negatives to take away from this, but Josh Palmer was there. Gerald Everett still just seems really difficult to tackle most of the time if he's not given the ball at the line of scrimmage. 
um, where he's got no chance. Um, I think one point I made in in our, our chat previously was um, I don't understand what's happening with the tackling. Specifically, Derwin seems to just be flying in at everything, and it's it's getting me feeling Jaleel die, and it's just that I'm just going to throw myself at this and see what happens, and more often than not, he's roughing the passer or he's leading into a defenseless receiver and it's just something's not right is it that he's got too much freedom we'll, we'll, we'll or... talk about the defense in a moment he made some yeah, really good yeah, points there dan i want to talk about the running game oh, when you've got what when you've game? got justin herbert <laughs> who led that who led yeah Monday he, he had 3.3 yards a carry yards per carry when he is leading and let's be honest there were some yeah, pretty good it, carries as well. A little it, risky. The, the man needs to learn how to slide. Yeah, but what <laughs> the point is, the Chargers had 23 carries for 53 yards. That's yeah. unacceptable. And 20 you of know, those were hard. And, and I, look, I think we've got to give Dallas's run defense a lot of credit. But I, I find it weird that we, in, in Eckler's first game back, we only ran it once with Kelly and once with Spiller. I, I really expected to see three or four touches for each of them and maybe oh. maybe split out Eckler a bit more. Just get him in space a bit more instead of just going, hey, just run at them. John, I think it was you that said it last week. You know, we're going to struggle in the run game without Corey Lindsley. Um, and hey-ho, and, and this is what's happened, you know. Um, you know, we, we have to give Dallas a little bit of credit for what, what they did. In, the, in fact, we've got to give them credit full stop. You know, um, they can only do what they're they can only um, perform to the uh, standard that's expected of them on that given day. And clearly they were going to look for Eckler breaking out the backfield as he does. Um, but the charges just, just didn't get it going. And if you think back to week one, when we, we ran it at, at, at will, um, it's just trying to find that balance and, you know, Herbert's 3.3 yards of carry leads a, leads a team. That is that is not great in itself. Um, I don't think anyone on the offence particularly lit up the game. I mean, I want to talk about the pressures. Slater, I think, is a career high for him, allowing six pressures, a hit and five hurries. Zion Johnson, uh, two pressures, a hit and a hurry. Will Clapp, three hurries. Solia, two hurries. And then Pipkins, he allowed the sack at the end of the game um, with, with two hits and two hurries. But... Justin Herbert's been taking a lot of pressure um, all season, and I think he's done well to escape the pocket and get the ball downfield. Um, and John, you mentioned the finger. I think there's a lot of things going on there. You know, there's that old saying about sharpening a point to too fine a point. And I think sometimes Herbert wants to make those perfect throws um, when he had he had Keenan open on, on, on a couple of occasions. It, it just didn't look great on offense, and. Um, we, we've now arguably seen six quarters of football where that's been the case because the second half against Las Vegas was an absolute shambles. Um, and, you know, you see that there's that clip on social media of Keller Moore holding his head in his hands, absolutely wincing. Um, I mean, that that's that's not great. On defence, I know, I know, John, uh, we were chatting on WhatsApp during the game and you said you, you, were, you were happy with the defence. But interestingly, the Chargers, we were talking about this offline last last time out, the Chargers lead the league in third down penalties. 
um, on defence, you know, uh, and, and I believe of seven of those 10 penalties have, have resulted in conversions. And that's going to hurt. I think we gave up quite a few explosive plays. We're talking explosive plays here, you know, 15 yards plus. I think we gave up quite a few of them in, in the second half. So there's a lot that went wrong for the Chargers. Um, and arguably, this is another game that we should have won. How boring is that getting? Um, it, it really is. I mean, John, do, do you think um, we could have done much more on defence than what we did? I mean, we, we gave, we, we put them, we put the team in a position to win there, didn't we, with, with that defensive performance? But, you know, this is, is this not, this is not really on the defence, is it, this, this defeat? Would you agree? I mean, ultimately, no. I don't think it's overall a defensive issue. I think they did a good job. I think if you hold a team to 20 points, I think that historically for Justin Herbert, if you hold a team to 20 points, he's going to win those games. He's got a much higher winning percentage than losing percentage there. So I think the defense did their job. Now, that being said, the game was still rife with the trademark stupidity that this defense is known for and that's giving up first downs on third and long through penalty or just conversion crazy crazy um you know making dumb penalty making dumb penalties like you said about derwin stuff like that like just just a bunch of dumb things that i think this defense con consistently does and i don't know if it's that their players are dumb i don't know if the scheme is dumb or the scheme's too hard it's making the players play dumb i don't know what it is but it's dumb and i'm going to keep saying dumb because i don't know any other words to use for it it's bad it doesn't work. This is year three of this defense. And this is probably the best defensive game we've had. And it's still got a bunch of crap in it, right? Like, and the biggest thing to me is that in high leverage situations, right? Fourth quarter, you know, you've been playing well all game, but really you need that stop. You need to keep Dallas from even getting three, let alone a touchdown, but you definitely need to keep them from getting points, right? Keep the, they couldn't do it they extended the drive through penalties and third down conversions. Just, just the same old Chargers bad defense, right? Like now, again, for the most of the game, they played well. I will also caveat that with the Cowboys don't exactly have a threatening offense. Their offense is basic. Their offense does not scare me at all. And uh, they're not exactly going to win any offensive awards this year. I, I promise you that this is a, a, a vanilla defense. So, Versus vanilla or versus vanilla offense, I mean. So versus vanilla offense, yeah, the defense did well, but in high leverage situation, yet again, they could not hold their own, right? And again, I'm not blaming them for this loss. I am, I am absolutely not. This, this is all on the offense. Herbert, offensive line, the running game not being able to get going, like it was all trash on the offensive side of the ball, right? Uh, basically, they had the the opening drive, which was scripted and which was great and it was awesome. And it looked like, Hey, we may just put up a hundred points on this team. But then after that, it was just complete garbage. Uh, the counting stats for this offense, by the way, it were heavily, heavily influenced by the fact that they got a lot of defensive penalties from the Cowboys that they benefited from. So to be honest, if the, if the, if the Dallas defense was a little bit more buttoned up, this, this offensive uh, week would have been even worse. So, definitely an offensive problem for this game but i still i can't let the defense off the hook and say they played great and outstanding because they played they played good but and they put the team in the position to win which is at, at this point of a staley defense anytime you can keep the, the other team to 20 points and you can put the uh the offense in a position to win i i take that as a win 
Um, it's sad because he was supposed to be a defensive guru. He was supposed to make our defense elite, and it is nowhere close to that. But it is what it is. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, one player that did stand out with his uh, relentlessness uh, up front was was Thule. Again, you know, he's definitely one of the bright spots on this fo- uh, football team. Um, didn't register a sack. Obviously, Nick Williams got in there. No tackle. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Khalil Mack with another sack. Sebastian Joseph Day. You know, it's just, it's almost like we've got this, we've got this V12 absolute monster of an engine. Uh, and instead of 12 cylinders firing, you know, we're only getting eight or nine firing at any one time. You know, that the engine is not running smoothly as it should. It's, it's it, you know, it needs retuning. Um, it needs rebalancing uh, for, for a sort of a, if you, if you look at a, a mechanical analogy, uh, engineering analogy of, uh, of our football team. Um, and I don't know where that's going to come from. Certainly, it's, I can't see anything changing too drastically down the stretch. Um, whether or not Keller Moore can really find some balance going down the stretch, I don't know. But then, as we've already said, we've got the issues on giving up explosive plays on third downs. If we're not giving up explosive plays, we're committing penalties. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of digging ourselves into a hole. It's then forcing the offense to come out and react. And let's be honest, let's look back at the Justin Herbert touchdown. Uh, sorry, interception, should I say? You know, if you if you look at the box score, you you, you know we we just I think we were shut out, weren't we, in the, in the second quarter? So we always seem to be find ourselves in a position where we're having to force the game. I can't remember the last time we actually blew a team out comfortably by two scores. Does, any, does anybody want to have a guess? Uh, I'd have to go back through the stats. But... I feel like we shut out the Jets one time when Geno Smith was quarterback, maybe. What, in the last couple of years? So, I can't remember. Not, I, I don't not the last know. couple of years. I think it was about five years ago. Well, I, but... just, I just don't... I just can't remember. It's just all the games are either close wins or close defeats. Really, really frustrating. And I think the thing that irritates me, I do take things personally with the Chargers. Uh, when, you know, people sort of just point fingers and, and look at the box score and they don't really understand what's going on. That's irritating as well. Um, but, I mean, another loss. You know, we fall to two and three. A- a- any final points on anything Dallas... Uh, charges from Monday Night Football before we got, um, move on. One thing I thought was quite interesting was we have more first downs from penalties than from rushing in that game. Uh, we got two first downs from rushing, and I don't know if I'm right in thinking this, but I think they might have both been Herbert. Um, and so I think that just really speaks to how difficult we found it to move the ball like on uh, in the run game. Um, so yeah, we we gained four first downs for penalties, and the Cowboys we gave them three. So Yikes. it was a all round. It was a very highly officiated game, right? Like we were seeing a lot of ineligible man downfield or illegal shifts that or pre-game um, brawls. Yeah, or pre-game or twelve men on defense. Yeah, that was always good. <laughs> um, yeah, that that zebra nearly got his head took off there, didn't he? When oh he, God, when yeah, he blew that whistle. trying to run out from the middle. Yeah. <laughs> what on earth are you doing? You uh, know, talk about so there were some highlights. <laughs> it was entertaining. 
in parts, but the game felt so disjointed because of the just relentless amount of penalties, especially that third quarter and fourth quarter where it was just, oh, there's two plays, there's a penalty, we'll, we'll call that one back, okay, there's, a, there's another false start, there's another hold, okay, cool, yeah, um, but hey, I enjoyed watching the game, I didn't enjoy the outcome, but you know, we we go we we go on. Next week's up already. Yeah, well, that's an easy. It's an game. easy one. Yeah, easy one. John, any final thoughts on the on the Cowboys? Obviously, you live in Texas. What's the what's the what's the feeling like in Texas? What's the what's the word on the street? Um, I was actually talking with the Cowboys fan the other day, and if I could quote him, and I'll try to try to get his words right because I don't want to misquote him. Um, Cowboys are back, y'all. Woo! Uh, but they think that every time they get a win. But yeah, um, they're excited. But honestly, it's very much so a Chargers vibe out here for Cowboys fans lately, where it's like they have expectations and the team is underperforming, and they're like they're cautiously optimistic, but they're kind of waiting for the other foot to drop. You know, the shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's excitement, and people think that this is the beginning of a run. Uh, but it's also definitely some guarded optimism but um i mean i don't really have anything else to say about that game just you know the chargers should have won that game and they could have won that game and they didn't and to me that is just a microchasm for this team as a whole under brand saley yeah games they should win games they could win but games they don't win you know and i and i posted this set on twitter uh i think it was that either that night or or, or the next day that uh under Brandon Staley, uh, playing against teams that end the season with a winning record, he's got a 30, it's just shy over 30% win rate, right? And now, yeah, I made a few assumptions on teams this year who are going to have winning records, but I assume Cowboys end up with a winning record. They, they've got a schedule that I think dictates it. Uh, I think we can all assume the Dolphins are going to end up with a winning record. Like, even if they tank at the end of the year, I think they still end up with a winning record. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, given who I think is going to have a winning record and not, and of, of who they've played, the fact that you can only win 30% of games versus teams with a winning record, uh, and it gets and that stat gets a little bit worse. Not a whole lot worse, but it gets a little bit worse when you when you add in playoff teams that you play in a you know, because obviously slightly smaller sample size, but it it to me it's indicative of this team. Everyone got hyped about them and how they played, but really, especially last season, they feasted on a schedule full of bad teams. And when I say feasted, I mean took W's, not actually beat those teams, because as you talked about they barely beat bad teams last year in fact some of those wins much like this season against bad teams had to come with like last minute turnovers or whatever right like this team is literally two uh red zone slash goal line turnovers away from being zero and five right they're that close that's 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 not good because those were bad teams they should have just beat those teams and not even they shouldn't even been in the game at the end of the game but they were so I just this game is indicative of the starter season, and I think it's just going to be what we should expect. I think you know eight and nine, I I mean seven and ten. I think that's a realistic ending point for this team this year. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the schedule, and I was thinking the best I can see us finishing. My most optimistic was nine and eight, and that's a sad situation to be in, where you're you're hoping for nine and eight, and I don't know if that's a playoff team. I'm sorry. I think you have to win. I think in this AFC, you have to win 10 games to make the playoffs. So, I mean, well, they miss the playoffs. Everyone's fired, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I check out my article, chargeatbolts.com, uh, yesterday. It, it was literally one of the first I've written post-game where there's no literally hardly any stats. It's just an opinion piece. You know, I'm, I'm never one for just saying, like, fire him, fire him. But I think I think the time has come. I, um, wh- whatever him. whatever happens, whether Spanos fires uh, Staley in the next couple of weeks, which is highly unlikely, a change, a head coach... A hedge coach uh, change is coming very, very quickly. We might have to wait until January for that. But, John, one of the tweets that you retweeted and you um, pointed out on the back of uh, Monday's defeat, uh, Top Fly T3 said there's a disconnect between who they are and who they fancy themselves to be, i.e. the Chargers. Um, And you've actually quite rightly said, who's responsible for identifying what's what? And, And this is the thing, you know, we were, I think it was, it might have been the Athletic two years ago. They tried to do a Premier League comparison with NFL teams. Um, and as much as I'm falling out of love with the NFL, uh, the Premier League, I completely get it. The Athletic said basically, if the Chargers were uh, an English Premier League soccer team, they'd be Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur. You know, yeah. lots of lots of potential. You know, great stadium and all that. You know. Um, Great fan base, likable um, coach, likable coach, and never come up. Well, back then, obviously it was it was Pochettino, but never come up with the goods. Um, and this is where Brandon Staley, as I wrote yesterday, said we're not going to be the same old charges. Well, we are, and people are happy to point the finger. Look, we move on. We move on to a really easy game on Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh boy, and this is the other disappointing thing. Chiefs are five and one, which we predicted, John, on the last week's recording. We knew that the Chiefs are going to win this Sunday. Chargers are two and three. We're already a million miles behind the divisional leader, so we can forget the AFC West unless Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and uh, Chris Jones all end up on IR for the rest of the season. The Chiefs are going to win this division, and they probably win it. Who's their backup quarterback these days? It's not Henny still, is it? I can't remember. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine, yeah. Well, but basically, you know, the Chargers come into this game on the back of an ugly defeat. Chiefs are on a roll of, of five straight wins. Matchup predictor states 68.5%. In other words, the Chargers have got literally not a lot of hope of, of winning this football game. And without seeing sounding negative. We've got to go up there. We've got to. We've got to win. We're not tanking. No one spoke about that. And if I think if you tank in the NFL, you're going to get hurt anyway. So there's a lot of pride in that locker room. They'll probably want to go. They're probably sick of the to the death of hearing about Kansas City. I've said this last season. I'm going to say it again. Chiefs are sat here right now on WhatsApp, going, <laughs> "Yeah, whatever. We've won this game already on Sunday," because they've seen the tape. They've seen the gaffes. They've seen what can happen if you put. Justin Herbert under duress. Will Clapp's still going to be under centre. Not a lot's going to change. I would expect to see a bit more production out of uh, Austin Eckler. But Patrick Mahomes, he's currently 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, 1,593 yards, 153 for 224. Dan, optimism, things to worry about, things, we, things that we... We'll be okay on what's what's your vibe on this divisional game in 
Kansas City. Now, I, I'd like to sit here and say we've got a chance. It's a divisional game. Um, they're always close. Um, you you always have these extra little little twists for your your regular competitors. Uh, we only lost by three in Kansas City last year, so. You know, they don't really have any receivers that scare me apart from Kelsey. Um, no wide receivers, I guess. Um, Rashi Rice and Justin Watson, sure, fine. But then, and Sky Moore, Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling. I mean, no one's scared of Kadarius Tony, right? Um, Brilliant. He's going to get 200 yards now on Sunday. You watch. <laughs> I'll just change to my Gators hat, shall I, and bring that out instead. Um, no, I, I think there's there's definitely some some parts we can take advantage of. The fact that they don't have the best wide receiver core kind of maybe pairs well with the fact that our secondary is awful at the moment. Um, maybe, maybe that kind of balances, um, and we can just keep someone maybe on... Kelsey the entire game, uh, or multiple people on Kelsey the like eleven of them on Kelsey the entire game, Yikes. and maybe we'll be all right. Um, I don't know that we'll stop the run game. Uh, not that it's say dominant, but I mean, Pacheco's averaging over four yards a carry um, at four point four, and I think he's only going to do better than that against us. Um, so yeah, we we have to rely on. Their receivers making mistakes and us actually capitalizing on it. And there, there's a chance. It's a slim chance, but it's a chance. We're going to have to play lights out. John, what's your take on Kansas City on Sunday? Well, I think, um, and again, this is the Chiefs. They always bring it for divisional games. Um, I don't think the Chiefs have lost to the Broncos in like five years or six years or something crazy, like some crazy stat. Like they've just owned the Broncos, right? So they, they they generally play pretty well divisional games. I would say the Chargers have probably given them the most trouble over the last five years or so um, from a divisional rival standpoint, but that's still, I mean, trouble means we went, we, we were able to sneak a win at against them once a year, right? It's not like we've ever, it's not like we ever sweep them. Um but I'll say this, the Chiefs aren't exactly playing elite football right now. Um, I mean, I would argue three of their wins could easily be losses. Easily. I mean, they had the they barely beat the Jets, and again, much more of that uh official tomfoolery calling back Mahomes interceptions, which we all know is gonna happen at least a couple times a game. They're gonna call back to Mahomes interception yeah. because of a, a flag, right? Including the one that came in like after the interception happened and then the flag came out. Interesting. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so, you know, there was definitely some tomfoolery in the Jets game and the Vikings game, both games which were uh, uh, settled very late, uh, and penalties definitely had something to do with them. Um, and then you had them, basically, they never had any trouble against the Broncos. Like, they were winning the entire time. They were never going to lose to the Broncos, per se. But they didn't exactly embarrass them right a team that had just lost by like what 30 points or something the week before or whatever like or two weeks before like the broncos aren't a good team they should probably be beat by two scores 
by every team in the league almost. And they just just kicked a bunch of field goals. And again, it was a win. It was never really in jeopardy. They never were really close to losing. But the fact that they just, for some reason, couldn't put it away, I don't know. And and Mahomes has not really been playing true Mahomes-like. He's been avoiding sacks. He has been minimizing turnovers in in, in small part thanks to the uh, referees. Uh, but he's been minimizing turnovers. He's been you know minimizing sacks. He's been doing his usual Mahomes thing. But he hasn't been putting up really gaudy stats. He hasn't really been lighting the scoreboard on fire, save for one game versus the Bears, who were, were pretty hapless at that point. So, I mean, to me, as much as I want to say the season's over and this team can't beat good teams, which I don't believe they can, I mean, it just feels like a game that the Chargers could hang around in, right? And in Charger fashion, it probably feels like a game they lose by a field goal or whatever at the end of the game. But it doesn't feel like a game that worries me from a blowout perspective. Uh, and, you know, a fluky play at the end, an official who actually keeps his flag in his pocket when instead of throwing it anytime Mahomes takes a, a too long to throw the ball and says, oh, he must have been held or something. Um, you know, someone breathes on him wrong, calls a, you know, pass interference. Uh, it, assuming something quirky doesn't happen at the end of the game, you know, I mean, the Chargers could win it. it it's not crazy. I, I don't think five and one is a good record and the chiefs earned it. They won those games essentially, but I also just don't think they're that impressive this year. They just, the one game versus the bears is the only game they've looked dominant. All the other games, they've just kind of been like whatever. Right. And they have played some pretty bad teams right now. Again, the Chargers played some pretty bad teams and had still have a losing record. But still my point is who knows? Maybe if, if Herbert gets his act together, the defense puts up another game like they did last time. I mean, if you hold the Chiefs to 20 points, I like our chances, right? Like, I know we just lost to the Cowboys last week, but honestly, if we can hold an opponent, if you told me from here on out for the rest of the season, this defense will hold the opponent's offense to 20 points, I would tell you we make the playoffs. I just have that much faith in Herbert and the offense to figure it out. You know? Oh, for sure. So, this this was the first game that we didn't score 24 points or more. So you're holding, yeah. def- you're holding the other teams to less than 20 or 20? Then, yeah, you're... You're gonna well, have a chance. And this is the thing. Had had we won a Monday night, we're sat here now going, oh, I tell you what, I fancy us against the Chiefs. Now I don't know, you might be. You're always always optimistic with well, us dropping the 50 on the Chiefs. Remember that first year we did the Charge at Bolts podcast, and I was adamant we were gonna sweep the Chiefs, and we almost did. But well, here's the interesting... I'll say this: if we beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs drop to five and two, they go to three and three. If the yeah. Chargers can somehow manage to keep up the pace and the chiefs do stumble, there is a legitimate possibility. Again, the Chargers would have to show me more and the chiefs would have to continue to kind of be whatever, which isn't usually their trend by the way. Um, But uh, you know, there's a chance that they could sweep them, you know, because the last game of the season at SoFi against the chiefs, that could be for the division. Like it could be, I'm not saying it will be Uh, in all likelihood. It won't be. But it could be. So or, I mean, if we if we yeah. win on Sunday, and our season goes a bit haywire, or we 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 earn a wild card spot and and Kansas City get the uh, you know get the bye, they could rest a ton of players. They could rest a bunch of players in the last game of the season, and then you know it's it's on us. So you know it, it is. Look, seven and three we are against the Chiefs in the last ten. But here's an interesting stat. Apart from September, um, 
2009, which was Kansas City won 38 to 28. Every other game has been won by less by six points or less. Last season, the Chiefs sweep, uh, they they did the double over us, 30 to 27 and 27 to 24. You know, two close games. Season before that, 34 28, and that awful overtime loss. Chargers won the corresponding fixture, 30 to 24. So these games have been historically close. Uh, Chiefs are minus five and a half against the spread, and the over-under is 48. Okay, so this is the National Football League. It's highly unpredictable, although people would say that the Chargers are very predictable. But I do agree. Whatever we've got Justin Herbert in the field, we've got a chance of winning. Uh, we just don't know who's going to turn up, how they're going to play, yada, yada, yada. But, John, to your point on, on Mahomes, I mean, he hasn't played lights out, but he just seems to get away with a lot. You know, as I said earlier on the, in the podcast, Herbert's making these interceptions or, you know, the Chargers are giving up these explosive plays in key moments of the game. You know, had Herbert given up that interception at the end of the first quarter, the game's a different outcome. But that's not the way that the, the uh, um, you, you know, the, the chips are falling at the moment for, for, for the LA Chargers. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be the case. And I can't wait to see... Friday morning's picks. I'm, I'm telling you now, the whole NFL media are probably have Kansas City as favourite. Um, but we've got to be hopeful. You know, we, we, we've got to try and be positive. It's going to be difficult up there, man, because I think, John, if if the Chargers lose this one, four to two and four, Kansas City go to six and one, it could springboard them onto... Um, you know, um, a bit more of a, a consistent run, which we don't want to see. But I don't know. Um, we don't know what Chargers team is going to turn well, I'll, up. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, you know, a couple of years back, we did have some guys on the It's Always Sunny in Kansas City podcast, the Chiefs podcast, and um, I made a good connection with them. So, I, you know, we, we'll go back and forth on Twitter every once in a while. So uh, I, I get a lot of good information about the Chiefs from them. Uh, and something that is they've mentioned over the last like five seasons is the Kansas City Chiefs have started slowly over the past five seasons. They generally have two to three losses early on. Right. And then they tend to gain steam and play their best football by the end of the year. That just is a trajectory that this team has had over the past five years. So what is scary is the fact that they're already five and one, they probably should not be, but they probably should have two more losses, but they kind of lucked out and didn't get the losses. So, they're on a trajectory to probably only lose a couple games this whole season. So if they beat the Chargers on Sunday, which again is pro they're they're definitely the favorite. If they beat the Chargers on Sunday, I mean, at that point, I mean, do you just give them the division crown? Like Chargers would have four losses. I think, I think so. Chargers are arguably the second best team in the division. The Chargers will have four losses, and the Chiefs will have a game in hand on them. Like like three games plus a game in hand and the Chargers still have a hard part of the schedule to go through. Like, I don't, I mean, this could be the division game for the, for the chiefs. If they do their normal trend of getting better and better as the season goes on, because if that's what happens, that they, they beat the chargers and they take a three game cushion. There's no stopping them. They're, they're winning the division again. They're probably ending up with a, a top, the number one pick. I just, it is what it is. It's the reality of the situation. So Again, if the Chargers win, all, all it does is keep the division close, I think. 
if the Chargers lose, I think it kind of just basically says the Chiefs won the division already in, in week six or seven. Was it? Was yeah. Seven, I mean, right? I mean the, minute, the bye throws me off. I know it, it's crazy. Um, that bye was supposed to help us out. It hasn't done anything. And, you know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that we've lost Raheem Lane uh, out for the season with a torn ACL. But going back to the division, we're already a game behind Las Vegas. All right, they've played six, already played five, but they're at 500. You know, and that's depressing itself because that is a garbage football team that <laughs> we're trailing at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think Denver are rooted to the foot of the AFC West until the end of the season. But I, I agree, John. I think I think I think we've been better than the the Raiders in last year, definitely. This year, definitely. I believe we were better than the Raiders in 2021, and they still beat us out for a playoff spot. So doesn't matter who we're better than if we can't beat teams that's we're it. not better than them. It just, that, I mean, that, that's it. And I think I, I agree. It's weird talking about a week seven matchup that could define the division, but that's just the nature of the AFC West. You know, just as just as um Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami had to endure all those years with uh, Belichick, Gronkowski, and Brady, we're now having to endure the same with Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and Andy Reid. That, that's just the reality of the show. Um, you know, it, it makes it all the more tougher being an LA Chargers head coach, but that's what they get paid for. So, look, I mean, I think the key to the game, Best said it last week, <clears throat> stats in terms of sacks can be overwhelming. Um Pressures of what's count, and he's absolutely right. You know, Dallas, look what they did to Herbert on on Monday night. Ton, uh, a bunch of pressure. One sack was all it took to unseat him at the end of the game. And and look, Tooley's playing lights out. I think he was the highest graded rookie again uh, in week six. So that's positive. If Bosa can step up, if if Matt can play like he has been playing, you know, we get some we get some super uh, eye energy. Up, up front, um, you know, and, and try and disrupt Mahomes, which is very, very difficult because he's a slippery customer out of the pocket. You know, we, we've got half a chance, but we've we've got to we've got to do what we need to do. We've got to stop giving up the explosive plays. We've got to we've got to cut out those stupid third down penalties, um, and just hope that we make some connections. We've still not seen QJ. We still don't know who QJ is or 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 what he can bring to this team. Um, I thought with Mike Williams going out. We might have seen a bit more of him, but we haven't. Maybe that'll come down the line. Who knows? But there's too many questions. We need to see Austin Eckler back to his best for sure. Um, and, you know, the running game, as you already mentioned, John, is going to suffer without Corey Lindsley at centre, which I personally think, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think, John, that's where we potentially go in the first or second round next year of the draft. I mean, potentially, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it, it is, but, you know, I think we're, we're... What's Lindsley now? Is he 32, 33? Yeah, I mean, he's got a heart problem, though. I don't think he's playing football ever again. At his That's age, so and with at his age, with that, that kind of a heart problem issue, like, I mean, honestly, it would be malpractice for someone to let him go and play again, to be honest. Like, that's. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't think it's this... I don't think this game is worth dying over. No. Uh, so I just, yeah, I think, I think a center is going to be, because Clap is 
Clap is great for a one or two game replacement. Yeah, but he's taking on taking on that role for the rest of the season is not it. No. It's like Storm Norton, right? Storm Norton's fine in, in in phases, I guess. But if you have to rely on Storm Norton as your starting player, you're you're in real trouble. So yeah, you only want a storm to be there for a little while. Let the storm exactly. pass. Anyway, Sunday night. Another crucial game, another must-win game. How many times are we going to say that before week 10? Prediction time. Dan, come on. Just before I tell you my prediction, I just want to link back to, you mentioned the Chiefs and the Broncos. The last time the Chiefs lost to the Broncos, it was Peyton Manning versus Alex Smith. Oh, no. So it's, it's I mean, been a while. So we're going, we're going back to, It's been a long to, time. We're going back to 2012? Uh, I don't know. It was a while. I, I don't have the year in front of me, but yeah, That's a it was thirty-one twenty-four to the Broncos, and just like that game, I'm predicting thirty-one twenty-four to the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yep. John, I uh, I think we see a game fairly similar to what we saw this last week. Um. I just don't see an. Ex- I, for some reason, I don't think it's going to be an explosive game. I know they're going to try to pitch it as Mahomes versus Herbert and blah blah blah, but I think it's actually going to be more of a defensive game than we think. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the same score, although I was tempted to just give it the same score. Uh, I'm going to call it 23-20 Chiefs. Ooh. Well, <laughs> Dan, you had 31-24, right? I'm not giving the Chiefs so many points, but I am saying it's going to be 28-24 Chiefs. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree with you two. It's going to be it's it's going to be um, a tough one. Chiefs are legit. Um, look, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? We, we, we you, you never know. You never know in this game. But let's just hope it's competitive. Last thing I want to see is the Chargers getting their heads chopped off and and absolutely capitulating like we did to New England. Was it last season or the season before? 45 to zip. I don't want to see that because that will be completely depressing. And, you know, it's it's not good. It's not good for the anxiety. It's not my morale on Monday morning was absolutely shot to pieces. Proper. And I mean, at least living on the fact that we do have a couple of wins because my wife is a Panthers fan, so it could be worse. Yeah, and luckily they have games on the schedule that they should absolutely win, right? You got the you got the Bears on the schedule as an absolute no brain. The Broncos should be. I mean, I can't say it's an absolute no brainer because they I've seen them lose to bad. We Broncos. make a lot of no brain moves. So. Yeah, so I mean, here's the thing. I think we don't get swept by the Broncos, so I think we beat them um, at least once. We got the Bear. I, I mean, this team has got at least four more wins in them, I believe, at least. Right now, after that, I mean, I can't. I, I don't want to make any predictions, but there there are four more wins on that schedule that I see. I think the Raiders. I mean, they could sweep the Broncos. Bears aren't very good, so yeah. I mean, I, there are definitely wins on this on the schedule. Um, but yeah, you got the Jets, the Packers. They're both there for the taking if we. Yep. Can. I mean, the Jets. Wish Jets, you- absolutely. The Packers. I mean, I think that's going to be. It'll depend, right? Like, they've been out. Aaron Jones. I think. Love is, you know, playing decent. I think they've kind of got a rhythm going. I think they might be harder out than we think, but an absolute winnable game for sure. Not like, oh my God, the Packers coming to town. Uh, but yeah, Jets, I, I mean, 
you got to beat the Jets. I'm sorry. I, you, you Losing to the Jets. This Jets team with whoever the heck they have. A, I don't even know who's that quarterback now for the Jets. Um, is it Wilson? I don't know. Um, maybe. Maybe it could be anybody else. They could sign someone off the street. I mean, who knows? Kurt Warner, Philip Rivers might play for the Jets at some point. Who knows? It depends. Um, so, I mean, they That's should fine, absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're knocking. I don't, I don't know why you're knocking Zach Wilson. He's thrown four touchdowns this season. What's what's the problem? <laughs> he won his last game. <laughs> I well, mean, and honestly, honestly, the Patriots are a win on the schedule, right? Like They are, but they always seem to on. own us. That's the thing. It's like they, they yeah. seem to own us. And it, it, yeah. We, we here's the deal. Here's this. the deal. I just I just saw an awesome stat that in the month of October, um, Derrick Henry has more passing touchdowns than Mac Jones. So what? There's that. That's fantastic. Mac Jones has Mac Jones has zero passing touchdowns in October. Derrick Henry has one. <laughs> when was Keenan Allen's week two? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that was in September. Still, it was not October yet. Shame. <laughs> I know. I I it. Yeah, so Mac Jones is playing poorly. I mean, honestly, Wait, their whole offense is playing poorly. So that should be a game see, the defense looks elite. So we're going to see more of that, I think. Keenan Allen. All right. Well, do you know what? I'm going to make a bold prediction. Keenan, Keenan Allen finishes the season with three passing touchdowns. Impressive. You heard it right here. Get get Davis involved, the speed merchant. I want to see some speed. Get him on. Get him going. The dude. Is quick. Get him going in the same way that we play Austin Eckler. That's what I want to see a bit of creativity. Easier said than done in the NFL. We, we know this, but look. Anyway, where can we find you on socials? Uh, you can find me at UKLA Chargers or at Blue Amolga on pretty much every every social network. I recently joined Blue Sky, so we'll see how that goes. What the heck's that? That's a, a new Twitter replacement. I'll check it out because Twitter's getting oh advert, advert, not interested, block. Oh, there's a nice post. Advert block. Anyway, John, where can we find you on socials, buddy? Well, you can find me online researching hot head coaching candidates for 2024. <laughs> um oh, you mean what's my tag? Sorry. Uh that's <laughs> Adroid Airs, hashtag audible chocolate. You can find me at N0825 and you can find John and I at charged up underscore. Oh, no, wrong. No, we've changed. We're now charged up bolts underscore. The dude who's got the charged up bolts hasn't tweeted in about 20 years. Bit of an exaggeration, but uh, we are now charged up bolts underscore. Don't forget to follow okay. Bez. He's currently somewhere in the south of England doing some sort of seminar, trying to sell Russian gas and oil, I think. Um, he's not really. Um, you can get him at charged up pod and Bez the Spaniard. Um, it's been another fun episode, one of my favourite times of the week, chatting football with my good buddies. Let's keep the faith. Chiefs are human. They are beatable. Let's keep our fingers crossed that we can get through the game in a competitive nature, come out of the side healthy and go for a week eight showdown with the Chicago Bears. You've been listening to Charge Up Bolts podcast, Bolt Up. Bolt Up. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.